Are we doing this? Are we ready? I think we are. Episode 8. Open by accident. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick. And I'm Matt. How are we doing today, Matt? A little exhausted. Oh, why is that? I don't know. Big convention this past weekend, not a lot of sleep. It tends to do it. Yeah, a lot of work too, so it was a good time though. Yeah, We'll, well, we'll get into that later. Cool. So uh, anything new in your book besides the convention this past week? Ah, that was the focal point for the past like five, six days. Just prepping so for that. Just prep for that. Um, maybe uh, in our intro we'll do a little uh, pickups of what I got there and then we'll dive into the MGC, but... In the meantime, maybe you can tell us what you've been up to. Not a whole lot. Uh, same old shit, just a different day. Um, I have been. Uh, I did find a new movie that I think might be on my top five. Um, Days and Confused has always been up there, um, and I know we talked about it on one of our previous podcasts, maybe the last one, about me wanting to watch Everybody Wants Some by the same director, which came out in 2016. Um, I actually, you stumbled across it while we were uh, talking about it, and so I watched it, and Damn, was it good. I mean, it was right up there with Days and Confused. So just really? a constant party, you know. Okay. Um, but this one takes place in 1980. So, like, you get to see, like, the grunge scene. There's, like, the country bar that they go to, and they, you know, do that what was, thing. What was the time frame of Days and Confused? It was 79. Was it 79? So okay, it was the last was. day of school. Yes, I remember last. And this one is the first or the last weekend of summer before college for a baseball team in 1980. Well, there was baseball in correct dazed and confused because yeah. you had the ninth graders. This is just like two frat houses full of baseball guys, just you know, partying and trying okay. to get laid. Yeah, so. I, I have, n- I, I know of the movie. I obviously own the movie because I'll let you borrow it. Right, <laughs> uh, but uh, I had never actually sat down and watched the movie or know anything about I it. I didn't have high hopes, you know, because I mean, came out in 2016, didn't even hear anything about it, you know. And so, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Good, man. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out at some point uh, because I really enjoyed Days to Confused. Um, It's more of a nostalgic movie for me now. I'm sure it doesn't necessarily hold up as well as I enjoyed it once upon a time. I mean, it still does. It's still a great movie. Days to Confused. Okay. I mean, I remember, I mean, at this point now, I'd probably be more intrigued about all the cars in the movie. And sadly, there's only like one car in this new Ah, one because the funds, the, you know, (laughs) the funds weren't there. You know, a lot of little known actors and... Okay. One one Oldsmobile. <laughs> so, okay. But definitely a good ride. Right on. But other than that, um, I watched uh, Dragged Across the, Across the Concrete again. So that's like kind of part of a trilogy of movies, if you will, from the same like director-writer. And I think I've determined that the director is just an asshole, dude. Like <laughs> the scenes that he puts in his movies oh. are just to get into your head to, oh, I love this person, and then it'll just blow their face off. Yeah. <laughs> so... So you watched Dragged Across the Concrete, which is the newest movie of that like yes. series of movies. There's also Brawl in Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn. Yes, which is also very good. I watched and then, that one, and I haven't seen the other one. Bone Tomahawk with right. uh, Kurt Russell. Yep. All of them are gritty, gruesome movies. Uh, kind of gives you uh, Quentin Tarantino vibes. Yes, definitely. Uh, but they're all got great stories. Very intense, very artistic, yeah, you know, yeah. with scenes, uh, scenes where they don't have to say anything to know exactly what's going down. So I couldn't tell you what my favorite of the three are, but I can tell you this: they're all 
contenders to be the top movie of the three. Yeah, it's like so it's, it's like, like uh, which heart wrench do you want more? You yeah, because all of them are just like, oh man, the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So. No, but uh, so you like Dragged Across Concrete? Yes, then. yeah. I watched it with my girlfriend. She had never seen it, and she enjoyed it as well. So who was in this one? Was it? Uh, it was Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. I, I was like, I was trying to remember who the uh, other big name actor was. There was a couple other ones, like um, uh, what's his name, Michael Jai White or whatever. Sure, he was in it. He was in it as well. Um, a couple other people as well. But. Okay. Well, we were talking earlier too. You uh, mentioned a. Uh, a new video game that launched today for PC and yeah, I don't know if it was today or if it was a couple of days ago, but um, I had been kind of following it. It's called Dredge. Um, it came out for PC and console, and it's a a fishing game where you have a little fishing boat and you're on the ocean. The twist is that it's got uh, what's the word for like Cthulhu stuff vibes to it. So like while you're fishing, you might come across a giant tentacle in the water, you know, and so. Okay. There's going to be a darker vibe to it that I just haven't seen because I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, but it does get crazy. <laughs> it's is not this, just a fishing game. Is this a game you're going to do like on the Steam Deck or is this a uh, So Xbox? it's out on Xbox, so I'll probably get it for my Series X just so it okay. runs, runs smooth. Okay, yeah, so. that way there's well, we know there's no issues. I mean, i kind of seen the screenshot. And that way you get it for free. So Nice. <laughs> New game for me. But uh, I think it's, a, it's kind of like a, um indie type game, so it's probably going to be cheaper than... You know, sixty bucks, so it'll be nice. All right. Well, I mean, it's fun though. I did just come back from Midwest Gaming Classic as a vendor. Maybe I can spring for a game. Oh, a gift for Nick, huh? Or two. Wow. <laughs> but it does look fun, so definitely check it out. Right on. Anything else uh, gaming related from your perspective? Not really. Um, I'm always switching up my games that I'm playing. Obviously, um, this past week I've been playing Project Zomboid on computer, which is a very intense zombie simulator. Um, so it's been fun, but. Very tough. Okay. Yeah, the only thing I played since last episode was I literally was had gotten the vehicle packed up to go to the convention, and I didn't have really anything to do, and I just wanted to kind of chill out, and I hopped on Rust because it was a wipe day, and I played for a few hours with a couple of my friends, and they went. I helped them go deep on our neighbor's base that was being erected, and yeah, that was about the most eventful yeah, I think I jumped like, on for like the last five or ten minutes. That yeah, because so. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to go to bed and yeah. get some sleep, so uh, which I'm lacking still thereof. Yep. Well, you'll catch up eventually. Yeah. That's what happens when uh, you make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did pick up a few things while I was at the Midwest Gaming Classic, so I'll start Ooh. with that. Um, this first, uh, all of it's Nintendo 64. Uh, this first item was just a cartridge, but I had already owned the box and booklet so i was able to complete this game okay and that is the uh 3d fighting game war gods i've never heard of this one um started off in the arcade and then this is a port of it to console i think it was on also the playstation one um from what i understand it is a pretty bad game oh okay (laughs) so is it a uh, valuable game though not really i mean the game cartridge is like a ten dollar game but i mean obviously when you put it in the box and with the booklet then it becomes like a 40 50 dollar game okay so Nothing too crazy. But um, you got a complete copy now, which yep. is cool. And I did the same thing with this Duke Nukem Zero Hour. I had the box and booklet previously, found the cartridge, so I made it complete. Um, I actually did a trade. I traded like a Mario 3 cart, I think a Pokemon booklet of some sort, and then some random Super Nintendo game uh, for these two cartridges. And it was just like, well, no money involved, you know. It was stuff I wanted to get rid of anyways. 
It's kind so, of a win-win. You know, and uh, I never played this one. Obviously, I played a lot of Duke Nukem 64, but um, yeah, definitely a fun series. So. Well, this one's different from the other Duke Nukems because it's, I think, 3D. Or th- uh, third, third person. person. Oh. Third person. So. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely haven't played this one. I'll have to check that yeah. out. Yeah. It's got four-player co- uh, deathmatch as well. That's, that's fun. Yep. Yep. Um, they, I did pick up a complete in box copy Ooh. of Ogre Battle 64. That's tough um, to find. This was a straight up trade. I got some cash plus a game for one of my high dollar pieces. Uh, but it was one of those cases where, you know, I'd had this other game for years at the convention. Nobody ever bid on it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want this anyway. So, you know, throw me some cash and this and we'll Heck get the yeah. deal done. So, yeah, I have a complete in box Ogre Battle 64 now. Looks pretty clean, too. Eh, it's no. it's rough around the edges. Cart's got some discoloration. Booklet's a little rough. Box looks good. I mean, the boxes always look good yeah. when they're in box protectors. That's fair. <laughs> but it's still, it could have been worse. Could've yes. Been worse. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this other one, Rampage World Tour, another new complete in box edition. Um, it was kind of a partial trade again. I had to throw cash the other way, though. Okay. They grabbed a couple booklets, and I said, you know, I'll come see you later because it's a guy I've dealt with before. He goes to the show all the time. You know, you start to, you know, trust people and when you see their face every year. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'll just come over and see if I can find something in 64 related I want. And that's what he had that I wanted. And so, obviously, it was a little lopsided on uh, my end, so I had to throw some cash his way to get that deal done, which I'm okay with, but I ended up uh, with a game I've been wanting to add to the collection. That's a classic. And then this last one was probably the most interesting story. I've never seen or heard of this one. <laughs> this is Aiden Chronicles, The First Mage. It is a Nintendo 64 exclusive. Okay. I had uh, previously owned the booklet. When I left for MGC, I had just a booklet for this game. Okay. I'm one of those weird collectors where I have like parts and pieces to games and, and, then I just, and I just keep it and I piece them together. So I started uh, Saturday afternoon. I got to, uh, to break away for a little bit and start perusing the vendor hall finally. And uh, the box caught my eye because somebody was selling just the box. And I'm like, oh, cool. So that'd be a box and then a, a booklet that I'd have. And... Um, then I could easily find the cartridge later on, you know, because it's easy to find a card only versus a complete box or just right. a piece that you need. So, um, but the problem was the guy was a little bit high on the price. I mean, this is probably like a $35, $40 box and he wanted $55. It's a nice shape, but 55 bucks was kind of steep. Yeah. So I just kind of put that in the memory bank. I'm like, that ain't going anywhere. Nobody's buying that for 55 bucks. And uh, I start kind of perusing around, and I find a reasonably priced cart only. It's, like, right at what uh, going rate is. And um, it turns out it's at a vendor booth where I know the people pretty well, and I've cut them a lot of deals in the past. So Hopefully you can get it. Yeah, maybe I can get a deal on it. Yeah. So fast forward to Sunday. I go back to the guy with the box, uh, and I also go to the guy there and make sure that both pieces are there. Okay, I'm going to start with the box. Or I, actually, I started with the cart because I'm like, well, if I get the cart, it's it's cool, whatever, because yeah. I'm going to get it for a reasonable price. The box is going to be the tough piece, but I made sure the box was still there. Right. And um, uh, maybe, well, I got it backwards a little bit. Sorry, things are getting a little fuzzy. <laughs> but anyways, I went over and I think I asked the guy at the booth with the box, is it, is it, um, do you negotiate on price? 
you know, he basically would take five bucks off. And I'm like, okay, it's still not going to get the deal done. I said, would you take any trades? And he kind of told me what he look he's looking for. And it, we came to the conclusion that he's more interested in, like, Super Nintendo cartridges. Okay. Like, okay. So when I leave his booth, I walk over to the booth that has the cartridge. And I uh, talked to him a little bit. And I said, hey, man, I want this. And he's like, okay, it's 35 bucks. I'm like, nah, I don't want to pay 35 for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a butthead when I negotiate, when I'm trying, when I'm the buyer. You are the haggler. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, what do you want to pay for, man? And I go, I guess he goes, and he, he immediately says, well, how about 30? I'm like, no, that's not what I want to pay. I want to pay 25. He goes, he goes well, that's what I buy it for. Because he, he flips games. He goes, I pay 25 for it, and I sell it for 35. I'm like, yeah. I go, but how many times have I hooked you up with deals where you've disc- I've discounted stuff for you? And he go, and then he realized, oh, you're the vendor over there, and I've bought so much stuff from you in years past. Because, yeah, you can have it for 25 bucks. Cool. It's like, all right, cool. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So I got the carton booklet at this point. Box up all my Super Nintendo games. Go back over to the guy with the box. I end up trading him three Super Nintendo games for the box. And it's like everybody's happy. Cool. And now I have a complete box, Aiden Chronicles. Very weird looking game. Yeah. It's one of the few, like, uh, I guess, like RPG type games on the system. Uh, Is it known I, to be bad or good? Probably. I mean, okay. I don't know that there's any good strategy yeah, RPG games <laughs> on the Nintendo 64. Cool. So, Very cool. But um, anyways, uh, why don't we dive into the Midwest Gaming Classic since yeah, we're kind of... Some, uh, here's some tales. We yeah. Some tales. I don't know how far I can go because uh, I can already tell my voice is starting to fade. But... Give her a good clear. <coughs> and let's hear it. Yeah. So we hit the road Friday morning, 4 a.m. And we drove virtually straight through. We did stop off once we hit... Uh, Wisconsin, where the convention is, because gas prices in Illinois is insane. How much was it now? Uh, like three seventy, I seen. Jeez. Yeah, I just don't even. I try to get through the state of Illinois without gassing up, yep. just because of gas prices alone. Yeah. So, uh, which we were able to do, we stopped off for gas. No, no issues there. Uh, one of my friends that goes with me, he was, uh, so I guess up north they they have this thing called bags of milk. <laughs> okay. Where instead of getting it in a carton or a bottle, you get it in a bag. Oh, yeah, great. Well, I'm like, that's going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, he didn't find... a sack of milk is what I'm picturing. <laughs> well, no, it's like, it's like yeah, a it's pouch. Probably a, yeah, it's probably a it's like receipt a pouch. or something. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. I think you're supposed to like... Uh, open it and go. open it and then pour it into a glass or something. I don't understand the concept of a bag of milk. All right, anyways. But I guess it's a thing. <laughs> okay. So he was disappointed in finding bags of milk at this convenience store, and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. We have like another hour to get to the convention hall, and we can't check in in the vendor area until 1 o'clock. So it's like, okay, we got some time to kill. Let's go stop and get some food, and that way we're not hungry. Makes sense. You know, midway through setting up our vendor booth and that sort of thing. So we run across the street uh, to a fast food restaurant, and... um, it's actually red touch before 11, so the lobby hadn't opened yet. And we're like, well, there's no signs up. It's like, let's hang out. They probably open a, probably open at 11. Uh, in that time frame, a guy walks up to us. He's your stereotypical uh, shut-in creeper type guy. You know, I don't know how else to describe him. <laughs> okay. He was a weirdo. All right. And... Uh, we're kind of conversating amongst ourselves, like, okay, we'll hang out until, like, 11. If they don't come up on the doors, then we'll go somewhere else. 
Because it's like 10.55 at this point. It's like it's five minutes. Right. And it gives us an opportunity to stretch. I mean, we've just been sitting in a car for six hours. And uh, I'm wearing my AEW sweatshirt. The guy starts off by reassuring us that, yes, the lobby is open and it'll open at 11. Okay, thanks, man. Appreciate that. And uh, he noticed the AEW sweatshirt and says, are you a wrestling fan? And he talks kind of weird like that. I'm, okay. I'm probably not doing a, a one-for-one impersonation, but it, it's close at least. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, man, we're, we're big wrestling fans. We were just at, like, the the show in St. Louis for AEW, and then the week before that we were in Kansas City for, for that show. And uh, he goes, was there any women's wrestling? Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I mean, if you pay attention to modern wrestling, it's, like a 50-50 split now. I mean, there's just as much women's wrestling as there is men's. It, it's, it's, it's even. I'm like, yeah, I, there, there was women wrestlers there. Was there any hot ones? Oh, my God. That's when you shut, shut it down. <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of women's wrestlers on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, I have a lot of women's wrestlers phone numbers from the 80s and 90s i'm like and i'm friends with them too and i'm like oh my god and brian my friend that was with me is about to fucking lose his shit <laughs> so he's like turning away like just observing this conversation and uh my other friend that was with us sierra she's petrified by the whole situation yeah it makes and, sense <laughs> i mean I, at this point i'm just like i don't give a shit if the lobby opens at 11 I'm not eating in vicinity of this weirdo. <laughs> in case it goes back and ask about yeah. more women. So, so we're just like, all right, I'm going to go start talking to them, ignore this guy, and let's go, guys. This yep. is not a safe area. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a very strange encounter with a, a random person. Uh, it's like I understand that uh, you're a wrestling fan, and but, y- you know, uh, the way he – presented himself that it was and that's that's it was thing, is, is I know that there's some there's some weird ducks in the wrestling community I get that but that's like not even a weird duck in the wrestling community that's just dude <laughs> yeah I'm sure if I was wearing like like an anime show of something that he was entertained oh, by yeah. he'd be like did you see her boobies did you see her boobies <laughs> <laughs> so. so yeah I, I mean it was t- I was totally creeped out yeah so we haven't even like made it to the show, and we're already encountering having weird encounters, you know. So it's like, oh boy, what what am I what am I in store for? Yep. Um. So let's fast forward a little bit. We get back on the road. We stop somewhere else, you know, a few exits up, getting far away because I seen him walk up. He can't catch up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we eat. That was uneventful. No, no weird encounters there. A little bit safer of an area. It seemed like that's good. Um. You know, getting to the convention was a was a miserable mess because it's in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, the convention center, you know, we were literally sitting parked in downtown traffic with our flashers on waiting to get up a ramp to unload our stuff for about an hour. Mm. Um, once they finally let us up, it went really quick. I mean, we dumped all of our stuff out, got it out of the vehicle and dumped it off. And my friend went and parked our car, got checked in the hotel and all that stuff. And it's just like... Why are people taking so long to unload stuff? Yep. And it's like, come on, you're you're holding this up. Yep. There, there. Are, it's it's ridiculous when you notice how people are just kind of 
much slower about things than like you are, especially when like there's something like this where you need to be quick. When you when you understand there's a sense of urgency because there's still people trying to get up the ramp exactly. to unload. You become urgent, but a lot yeah. of, there's some people that are just like, no, eh. th- there was a guy that was literally parked in the middle of the one ramp that we could use to load up because of course construction's going on in the building oh, during all this. Great timing. And you know, some of the the staff are like, "Is this your vehicle?" Because I was standing next to it, waiting for um, my friend Michael to come up, because he was going to also uh, help us unload. Okay. Or I was actually, I'm sorry, I was going to help him unload as well, because he, cause we're setting up together, you know, right. and it's like it's the thing to do is to help your friends. Of course, make every everything. And I'm like, fast, no, fast man, I haven't seen anybody here for like 15 minutes next to this trailer. He goes, well, he goes, I'm reporting them. They're going to have to get out of here. You know, we're going to have them towed. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, just, they ain't messing around. But exactly. yeah, he's like blocking the whole freaking ramp, and he's he's. He's like over there setting up his booth piece by piece and just taking out one thing at a time. Like, no, you unload everything, go move your car, and, and then set up. And then that's go. That's how set it up. goes for anything. Yeah. I've never, I've never done like a vendor setup like that before. But like when I go to like music festivals or, or campouts and stuff, you you park your car, you you put all your stuff on the ground, and then you go and park your car in a parking lot yeah. of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, we get in there and uh, we we start setting up and. Uh, my friend Michael kind of takes off uh, to go do a Game Boy Advance modding seminar. And um, uh, so I'm just kind of manning the booth all day long. Uh, I got to encounter a few people that, uh, you know, I like watch on YouTube. Like uh, there's a video game collector, Mr. Rightway. He he was there and I interacted with him a little bit on uh, Friday. Cool. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was a good, good chat. Um, you know, I've seen some other like, you know, known resellers, but, uh, I think probably my most, uh, fun encounters was like, um, meeting John Hancock, uh, who's, you know, an avid collector. He's got a, like a complete set after complete set of game systems and he's very knowledgeable. Um, that'll come into play a little later on that with the, with his knowledge of video game history and stuff. Um, but we were actually set up right next to, um, John Riggs, who is also another well-known YouTuber, He's like one of Metal Jesus Rock's friends and, uh, you know, he does a lot of like modding and, you know, fixing cartridges and uh, doing homebrews and stuff. Um, I think you and I played Yeah Yeah Bliss 2 on the Evercade. Possibly. Yeah, it was like the weird uh, demon type game. It was just like a single screen like platformer where, where you're trying to like kill like little demons. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of the indie games of the month, I one of the last one. one. Well, that's his game. Cool. So, um, and then my friend Jeff with Premium Edition Games was set up on the other corner. We were set up literally right behind Whatnot. Is it Whatnot? The, 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 like, Twitter meets eBay. Oh, I Uh, think so, yeah, Social media platform to sell stuff. They were set up there, and then there was, like, another vendor booth uh, that was, like, for a convention. So we were, like, the only, like, in this little island, actual, like, reseller. Gotcha. We're selling, like, used wares and that sort of thing. So that's kind of an interesting, but we were right up front. Like, so as people, like, came in the floodgate, they hit us, like, first, usually. But there were some celebrities there and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, Friday was, you know, for the most part, kind of uneventful. You know, I sold some stuff to the other vendors because the floor's not open to general admission or regular customers. It's just the vendors the first It's just day. the vendors. I mean, obviously, you're going to have, like, the the celebrities that are there walking did you, around. Did you have anybody like last year just buy out full booths that you noticed? No. Um, 
Uh, there was I did not see that. It very well could have happened, but yeah. I mean that literally happened right next, next to to, to yeah, us. That's how you noticed it. Where on Friday, like a guy came up to the uh, the booth and was interested in buying everything this guy had, and just paid him in cash and bought the whole booth, and then manned the booth himself, and then proceeded to not sell anything because everything was like really highly priced. I mean, it is what it is. Because I mean, I seen a couple things that I wanted, but I'm like, dude, it's like. And now he's not going to come down because uh, he just yeah. paid for all this. <laughs> they had things that were like 25 to 50% higher than what like, like you can get to buy it now for on eBay. And it's like, so why would I pay a premium just to put it in my hands now when I can just have it shipped? Why would you me? buy a whole booth not to be able to sell anything? I, like, <laughs> I don't know. It was, so. it was a, it was a weird situation, but maybe that's no, the normal and I'm just not used or to maybe it. Maybe he took a gamble and it didn't pay off. Who knows? Yeah. Who well, knows? I'm sure it did eventually because stuff kind of climbed since then in price right, and that sort of right. thing. So, I mean, it's it's an investment, so. But you know, I sold some good stuff on Friday, but it, like I said, for the most part, it was kind of uneventful. We went back to our room, we tried watching like a little bit of the Ring of Honor pay per view, and then we proceeded to pass out. So, fast forward to Saturday. Saturday was an absolute zoo. It was just nonstop people there. There wasn't much time to sit down, let alone like go wander the convention hall. I got gotcha. to see a lot of uh, people that. Um, I normally deal with like regulars to the show uh the convention show i mean yeah um and they were excited to see us back because we missed the april show we were there in november of 21 we missed april 2022 and then this is our first time back and people were like looking for us and disappointed we weren't there so it's like holy cow i guess we're good at what we do and they're yeah. like yeah man you you guys actually like talk to us you work with us on price you're knowledgeable about the games you're selling it's not just about the money with you. It's you're a per, you're, you know, you're personable. It's like, yeah. well, cool. You know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was really nice and it was a high, you know, highly complimentary. But, um, Saturday, I did, when I did get the sneak away a little bit, um, I didn't ever leave the vendor booth. That's when I started kind of wandering around. That's when I found the Aiden Chronicles stuff. And, um, <clears throat> I went and talked to John Hancock and he is on YouTube uh, I do recommend you guys check him out if you are into retro video game collecting because he is very knowledgeable. And I had these weird, like, pinnacle rental papers where it's, like, a printout of instructions for video games. Like, it was, like, a company back in, like, the probably the 80s and 90s that if you didn't have a booklet, you could have instruction manuals, like, printed out on a single piece of paper mm. so you can include it with the game. Because a lot of those games, you needed the instruction booklets to be able to even play them. Yeah, sure. It was, and, of course, you know, the internet wasn't a thing right. then, so it's it's like you didn't have the ability to just look something up online. So I went to John Hancock's. I knew he was pretty good with the history of video games, and this is kind of a weird, unique, interesting item. <clears throat> and uh, he, uh, he said, yeah, there's historical significance there. I mean, I think the conversation was, it's cool, it's neat, uh, it needs to be documented, but it doesn't, I mean, it's not like a holy grail item, but it's still... It's not worth a piece of money, but it's yeah, It's still it's interesting. History. The cool thing is, is Frank Savaldi was at the show. He runs the, like, National Video Game Historical Museum. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So he'd probably be interested. So he'd probably <laughs> be interested. So what's funny is I went over to John Riggs, because I know John Riggs is friends with John Hancock, and... I thought John Hancock would be a better person to talk to about something historical like that just because of the 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 content that they create. Right. And uh, John Hancock, since we back over to John Riggs, like, hey, go talk to John Riggs. He's got contact information for the people at the Historical Museum. 
and maybe you can get him over there. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, he was in and out of his booth a lot because he had panels and stuff like that, and he was busy all, all the time because well, he's kind of a, an internet celebrity, if you yeah. will. Um, so, you know, I, I, I got to talk to one of the people I was most excited to see there, which is Corey Carlson. He uh, actually does the podcast that I've tried turning you on to. Uh, here's my question for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, him and uh, Chris from Classic Gaming Quarterly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Corey's from My Life in Gaming. Okay. So the guys from My Life in Gaming were there, and I had a really nice, long conversation about podcasting with him. That's awesome. Um, we talked about video games and that sort of thing. I sold him a couple video games, and I had casually mentioned to him that I was talking to you know John Hancock about this piece, piece of paper, and I was trying to find Frank Cifaldi, but I didn't know where he was in the show, if he was set up somewhere, or if he was just there yeah. in general. And uh, and I said, I don't even know who I'm looking for. I know the name, but I don't know his face. And Corey's like, well, I'll go find him for you. So I'm like, okay. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, you know, fast forward like two hours after that had happened, Corey comes walking up, and I'm like, oh, it's Corey again. And Frank's with him. And Corey introduces me to Frank. I show Frank the pa- piece of paper, and Frank's like, okay, yeah, this is cool because all we got to do is literally unfold these pieces of paper and scan them. And he goes, and, and these are these are cool. Yeah, th- this is something that, you know, that we look for. This is the type of stuff that we're looking to document, stuff that isn't already out there. Right. Now, how did you acquire these papers? Um, me and one of my friends, we bought, I wouldn't say we bought out, but we bought majority of the video games from a game store that was closing. It okay. was a, it was like one of those chain stores where you'd buy or you'd buy like the licensing to use their name. Um I just can't think of the name of it. So it was like the store probably printed them off to put sure. the games. Sure. I think the store I think the store the store was known for you know, like if you just saw bought a cartridge only, they'd print out the instructions for you. No kidding. And then put it with the so game. So it wasn't like somebody at home had these made or whatever. This was like a store. Yes. That's cool. They That's came cool. from that retail. They've been sitting in my attic. How many like did you 12. have? A few hundred. Oh, crap. A few hundred. And I had some I had some good games. Very cool. Um, so, so anyways. anyways, I uh, get introduced to Frank. We start talking about it. You know, I tell him my story about it and what I know about them. And he goes, yeah, this is something we're interested in. And he says, what do you want for them? And as he says that, I grab a black bag, you know, because I have bags that I'm giving customers with stuff. And I put all of them in the bag and I hand them to him. Thank you. And he goes, you don't want anything for them? And I go, no, I just want them to be preserved if there's historical significance. Put them in a museum. Don't just scan them. He's going to scan them and he's going to make sure that they're preserved. Awesome, dude. That's cool. That's yeah. like the person you were looking for. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know you had them, but like that's the person you yeah. want to look for. Totally. Is that somebody who I has mean, a museum? It, it would take a really unique buyer to buy them. And yeah. even then it's like, is it really worth anything monetary? And like you said, they were sitting Not up in really. your attic. Thank, thank goodness they're still in, you know, after all these years. It's just paper. You know? Yeah. A lot yeah. of papers go go bad. So, But it's awesome. yeah, anyways, so I got to meet Frank Savaldi, who, like I said, runs the, or is at least big in the historical, I don't know his exact role. Um, but anyways, I think they went into good hands. Very so cool. That's awesome. That was, that was a pretty cool thing from the show. Yeah. Uh, it was a big takeaway. Um, uh, another fun story is I had a Bonks adventure for the original Nintendo. 
for those that don't know, it's a very expensive game. It's high dollar. Uh, I had it priced high, but I had it with the booklet. I've owned this game for 10, 12 years, somewhere in that range. Okay. It was part of my collection. And uh, a guy walks up on Saturday. This is probably earlier in the show. And we get to talking. And he asks about a couple of items. And then because of the items he was inquiring on, we got came to the realization that he was an old Nintendo Age member. I'm like, oh, cool. I was Nintendo Age too. What was your handle? He starts spelling it out. And I'm like, no, you are stupid. And he goes... Yeah, but it's it's kind of a fun story on that. You know, it's like his initials just happened and like he reused like a handle from like his college days and it just happened to spell out our stupid. And for those that don't know, we mentioned on a previous episode, but Nintendo Age was a website for collectors of Nintendo. Yeah, that, um, it was a Matt, forum. Yeah, and Matt met a lot of his friends that he ha- currently has now yes. and, and everything like that. So. so we get to chatting and I'm like, dude, I have a game you sold me and I'm trying to sell it now. And, and he goes, what game is that? And I pulled it out and I'm like, it's bonk. And his, you could see his, like his like heart like sank. And he goes, I've been wanting to replace that for so long. And I'm like, well, how about replace it with the one you sold me? <laughs> and at that point I, um, I still had the, the cart and the, the booklet, but I had previously talked to a guy that I sold a bunch of my Nintendo manuals to earlier in the day. Um, and he was interested in coming back for the, the manual. Just the, the manual bonk, for the bonk. And I'm, I was okay with selling the manual alone, but if I had both pieces, I wasn't going to sell the the cart okay. alone. Okay. That makes sense. Gotcha. So I was like, manual had to go first. Yeah. So, um, me and our stupid having a little conversation, reminiscing about Nintendo age. We kind of go back and forth that he's interested in the bonk. And I'm like, okay, I sell him with some, uh, like retro zone homebrew stuff, like some world championship cartridges and stuff. Cause he's making a display for that kind of thing. Very and cool. I gave him a really good buy on them. Cause it's like, dude, we're, we're, we're like, you know, friends because of this. Exactly. You know? Um, the fun story about him is he, uh, was friends with my friend Chris before. Cause he went on the first camp out that Chris went to and they, they carpooled together to meet up with BA to take the A-team van into camp out. No kidding. So he was in that vehicle. But you never met him at a camp out. I never met him at camp That was the okay. only camp out he went to. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. No so kidding. I never met him, but I obviously traded with Such him online. It's a small world of like yeah. the... <laughs> yeah. So anyways, you know, nothing real exciting happens there. But we you fast forward to um, uh, when I sell the manual. So I sold the manual. And uh, so I just got he a didn't cart. the manual. No, because what he had done is, this is sad. This is kind of a sad story. He had it complete in box. At some point, he upgraded his manual, which is why he had an extra manual. He needed gas money to go see his girlfriend at the time. He took the cart out of the box and sold the cart and extra manual he had to me. And kept and kept the box, the box and, the good the, and, and the good manual. Because he's like, I can so always replace the cart. the cart. I can always replace the cart, but so finding all a box these of manual. Years. He's had a, a box and <laughs> oh, a, a no. box and manual. Oh no! Um, oh well. So um, 
uh, moving forward, uh, I sold the manual, okay. which I told you I did. Yep. And uh, I take it he probably bought the cartridge. When we're when we're walking around, uh, I run into our stupid again and say, "Hey, man, I sold the manual, so come and see me if you want to make a play at the cart. It's just cart only now." And he's like, "Really cool." He goes, "So he was kind of excited to to see that." That's like, all right, cool. So he wasn't in the bidding for cart and manual. He just wanted the cart. He just wanted the cart. He had okay. the manual and box at home. I know. I just, yeah. He, he didn't want to buy it if it had the manual no. with it. Gotcha. No. So he comes back later on. We work a deal. He's not happy about it because he paid a lot more than what he sold it to me for. But the cool thing is, is I sold my bonk to the person that sold it to me like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Hey, prices go up. Yeah. You know, it happens. <laughs> he ended up buying a bunch of other stuff for me. He bought all my empty DS cases. Oh, cool. Um, and we exchanged uh, information. He's uh, probably going to come down to Columbia for the Como Retro Game Show. Oh. That's happening the 22nd of this month. It's yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. And we're going to meet up, we're gonna meet up there. Uh, cool. Chris has already, you know, confirmed that he's free, so he's going to try and meet up with us. So... That'll be kind of uh, cool. We're gonna have Nintendo like we're gonna have a little Nintendo Age meetup. I'm Very gonna, cool. uh, I think I'm gonna do uh, our friend uh, a little solid, and I'm gonna because he's he collects Nintendo Age kind of memorabilia, and I'm gonna oh, no kidding. I'm, I'm gonna give him my uh, prototype Nintendo Age T-shirt. That oh, I had are made. you yeah. awesome? Yeah, so um, I think he'll enjoy that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So that was that was a really fun story from uh, MGC, just because it's like I got to meet somebody that I knew. But it was the first time of us meeting in person, and it was, it was, it was a real connection. You know, it's like, yeah. holy crap! I just feel like I made a best friend. <laughs> you know, because of 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 you know. Well, that's just the nostalgia. thing is, you've you've made your best friends through that website. Yes, you know, totally, so. totally. So, um, another fun interaction happened on Sunday morning. So okay. we're just kind of you know, so Saturday fizzled out. Yeah, I mean, there was other stuff that happened, and and maybe it's a case of when my. Brain's not so foggy from lack of sleep. Did you finally have a chance to relax and do your own thing? And yeah, we we went we we, we waited forever to go to a, a bar and eat some food, oh, okay. and you yeah. know, finally got to eat around eleven o'clock at night. You <laughs> well, know, at least you and got some food in your belly. We got we got to the four of us that were running our booth got to sit down and uh, you know relax and chill out, have Good. a beer, and and uh, uh, we got, me and uh, Michael got to the vendor hall a little early, and. Uh, like I said, there were some celebrity-ish people there, mm-hmm. and one of them was, um, let me see if I'm going to pronounce his last name, but it's uh, Rich Divizio. He is the actor that portrayed Kano in the original Mortal Kombat video games. Oh, cool. Not the movies, but the, the games. video games. So he was like the live-action uh, screen guy, capture. screen capture for the video games. No kidding. Really cool guy. Um, but... What's funny is we talked about nothing video game related. We talked about his love for fireworks and setting them <laughs> off. Awesome. And then we also had, and I told him, I said, this would be a perfect like YouTube channel for you. I mean, you need to do cooking with Kano. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we talked about cooking food, grocery shopping, and, and all this other you know nonsense. And it was just a, like a real conversation with somebody. You know, it wasn't That's cool. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that Oh, you 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 played Kano. Oh, oh, how was it on set? You know, what was this like? Did you do all the coolest story we got was actually when he came over to our vendor booth wanting to buy a copy of Mortal Kombat uh for himself from us and Michael had it, but um I did not. So 
Michael was, it was that time when Michael was doing his gaming mod and I didn't recognize him at the point at that point. And, and he goes, well, he goes, I really want it, but you know, he goes, I want to pay this for it. And I'm like, okay, well that's his stuff. It's, you know, this was on Friday. Yeah. And I was like, that's when I didn't realize who I was talking to. Right. I was like, let me set it aside <laughs> for you. And when he comes back, I'll come find you. Where are you? And he goes, well, I'm right over here. And then he says, I'm Kano. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> You're Kano. I'm so sorry, Kano. So, oh, so. And at that point, uh, Michael comes walking in the vendor hall done from that. And I'm like, hey, Michael, come over here. He goes, what? What? Kano wants to buy your Mortal Kombat 2. And he's like, okay. He's like, why didn't you just like give it to him? <laughs> Dude, it's Kano. It's Kano. So that's awesome. But the fun story we got out of him then was that when every time that he would, you know, act as Kano in the in the video games, uh-huh. he uh, they would give him a copy of the game. So, Every so, time? Yeah. So, like, somewhere he goes, uh, somewhere in, like, my ex-wife's attic or something, I have, like, all the Mortal Kombat games still brand new sealed because I never played them. Are you kidding me? And I think it's it's extra cool because they're they're Kano's. They're Kano. Kano's got a collection of Mortal Kombat <laughs> Kano's got a collection of Mortal Kombat games somewhere. <laughs> That's cool. So, that was a fun conversation, uh, you know, with Kano. But, uh, you know, a lot of other things happened on, on Sunday. As well, but um, I think uh, at this point I kind of like to close it up. Maybe we can uh, revisit a little bit more uh, next week, yeah. and then uh, move on from there. But uh, MGC this year was a lot of fun. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't really make it off the the vendor hall too much. I did once, which maybe I'll touch on next week. We'll we would do like another ten fifteen minutes of me talking about MGC, and then that's fair. Talk about some other stuff. But my voice is. Fading fast, yeah, man. Hey, that's fair, man. So, hey, but it sounds like you had a good time. Um, yeah, it was it was a great time. Um, I I always love going because I get to uh, reminisce and and have good conversations and catch up with my my two close friends, Brian and Sierra. Right. Sierra lives out of state, and me me and Brian get together a lot to watch wrestling together. He's the guy that I go and see like AEW live with and stuff. So, I mean, since AEW's come around, me and him have gotten a lot closer. But we've always stayed in touch. I mean, we're all we all worked together years ago, and um, we've just stayed in touch because we were, we became good friends from working together. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend Midwest Gaming Classic if you have an opportunity or in the area. It's a lot of fun, and we'll talk a little bit more next week about it. Um, so if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, email is openbyaccident at gmail uh, we might need some donations if Nick keeps acting like that and knocks over all of our equipment. Hey, nothing fell over this time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.